it's awesome to be back in the house of the Lord this morning, right? Yeah, it's been uh, two weeks. I know a couple weeks ago, man, we've had a lot of COVID cases. Uh, not that started here at the church, but if you have experienced COVID this year so far, raise your hand. Oh, man, I'll raise my hand, too. Uh, but I know a couple weeks ago, uh, there was a little bit of icy conditions. Like I said, COVID was running wild here in the church. Um, Tim was even out due to some COVID protocols. And uh, then last week, how many of you guys enjoyed the snow and the ice that we got last week? All right, how many of you did not enjoy the snow and the ice last week? <laughs> uh, so, uh, you know, everything last week was pre-recorded, and hopefully you were able to worship at home uh, along with that pre-recorded material. Uh, but, man, we are back this morning. And who's excited about that? All right, awesome, awesome. Hey, my name is Lance Pippen. If, if you don't know who I am, uh, I'm the youth minister or the student minister here at Christ Church, and guess what? I am preaching this morning. <laughs> hey, I will say, I kind of joked with Katie McKinney a little bit uh, after the worship set this morning. Um, the last time I preached, I don't know if any of y'all were here, but uh, I, I preached like an entire sermon with a, a chunk of apple in my jaw. Do y'all remember that? Yeah. All right, yeah, it was crazy times. No apples will be involved today. Okay, but uh, let, me, let me ask y'all uh, this question this morning. If you're a parent this morning, I want you to raise your hand. Okay, um, let me ask y'all that just raised your hand uh, a question. Do you want what is best for your children? I mean, do you? One more time, do you? All right, there you go. Um, I, I think, you know, it's pretty obvious. That's a pretty obvious response that you want what is best for your children, for your kids. Another question, how many of you parents still have kids that are living at home? Raise your hand. All right, so yeah, there, there's a, a, a lot of you here today. Uh, with you parents, uh, with your kids still living at home, uh, you want what's best for your kids. You want them to live happy, healthy lives while they also stay away from at-risk behaviors. Behaviors like drug use, alcohol, premarital sex, uh, maybe even involvement with gangs. Um, and that list, unfortunately, goes on and on and on. Uh, this morning, I wanted to give you all some examples of how my parents, Brady and friend of Pippin, uh, they're, they're coming to second service today, uh, but how they kept me in line. I'm going to share with you a couple of ways that my parents kept me away from at-risk behaviors. One way was uh, checking pockets. <laughs> checking pockets. All right, so when I was young, when I was very young, probably like five years old, keep that in mind, okay, I kept going back and forth to this one particular coat, one particular jacket that I had hung up in our mudroom area, and uh, I kept going back and forth to this jacket because I had a roll of breath mints in my, in my jacket, in, my, in the pocket of my jacket. Um, and my mom, uh, my mom stayed home with me and my brother until I was in 10th grade. Uh, she did medical transcription work uh, for doctors and stuff uh, at home um, so she can be at home with us. But uh, by the time, you know, she kept noticing that I, I kept going back and forth to my, my coat. Um, you see, the thing was, as a young kid, how old was I? 
five. So I stole. Five years old, okay? Uh, I stole a roll of those breath mints while I was with my mom in line at the grocery store to check out. Five years old. Good times, right? Uh, you know, the, you know the, the, the little checkout lines there at the grocery stores? Uh, they have the tabloids. They have the magazines. And they have all in the same little place. It's like a dream come true of gum, mints, and candy. All in the same place. So, um, but uh, I was like, don't mind if I do. And, and I put it right in my pocket. <laughs> Uh, but going back to that story, you know, I kept the mints in my pocket of my jacket, hoping that my mom and my dad wouldn't find out that I had them. Anyway, like I said, it got pretty obvious when I kept going back and forth to my coat and checking the pockets of it without even grabbing the coat to go outside. <laughs> so my mom checked out my coat when I was away. Searched the pockets, and guess what she found? What, what did she find? The breath mints. So needless to say, yours truly was busted. Uh, my mom made me go with her back to the particular grocery store, and I had to apologize to the store manager as tears were coming down my my face, from my eyes, I was written, I was raving, I was not having it. It was a very traumatic situation. <laughs> but from that, being five years old, from that experience, I never stole anything again. It scarred me for life. Um, <laughs> another example of how my parents kept me away from at-risk behaviors is, and I'm sure a lot of you parents are doing this now, or you did it when your kids were still living under your roof, uh, in my teen and my adolescent years, um, every time I brought a female friend home, where they were, whether they were just a regular friend, someone I was interested with, or someone I was dating at the time, I could not shut the door to a particular room in my house. Y'all know what room I'm talking about? The bedroom door. I could not shut that door um, when the girl and, and I were in there. Um, so you guys are right about that. And raise your hand, parents. How many of you have done the same thing? Yeah, if your child took the opposite sex uh, in, into a room, they could not shut the door. So a lot of you are, are good parents. A anyway, uh, you as a parent may have your own definition of what a, uh, a good or bad parent is. But let me introduce to you a problem, or a situation, I should say, this morning. Do you know how to instill Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5, in your child's life? Whether they still live in your house or not, do you know how to instill Deuteronomy 6, 5 in your child's life? Will your child or your children have a loving relationship with God in which they love and they serve him, as Deuteronomy 6.5 tells us, with all their heart, with all their soul, and with all their strength. The big idea this morning is that God has given you, as a parent, a solution through his word, through the Bible, to instill his will, his love, and his service into your children's lives. 
I mean, you, you can easily go to the passage found in Deuteronomy chapter 6. You can go read Proverbs 22 and verse 6. And guess what? There are so many more passages in the Bible that you can go to, that you can look up, that will impact or impress your child's life. You know, many parents today like the idea of their kids having a strong faith in God that will positively impact the life decisions that they will make, talking about the kids, when they were young and when they're old. I mentioned Proverbs 22.6 just a bit ago, but let me read it to you. This is what it says. It says, start children off on the way that they, he or she, should go. On the way that they should go. And even when they are old, they will not turn from it. When it comes right down to it, there are a lot of parents today that really don't know how to instill faith or how to instill God into their kids. So how do you do that? Let's look at the first point in my message this morning uh, is simply instilling faith, instilling faith into your kids. How do you do this? How do you do that? Parents need to impress God's commands on their children. Let's take another look at Deuteronomy chapter 6, and we're going to be looking at uh, verses 4 through 7. I know we just looked at verse 5 just a little bit ago, uh, but we're going to read the whole passage here. Uh, This is what it says. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These commandments that I give you today are to be on your hearts. Listen here and read this carefully. It says, impress them on your children. Talk about them when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, when you lie down, and when you get up. Jana, let's keep verse 7 up here on the screen uh, this morning. Uh, The author of Deuteronomy, which a lot of biblical scholars believe it was Moses. Moses wrote the first five books of uh, of the Bible. But the author there, or Moses, tells us, tells you and I, uh, to talk about God's commands with your children when there's four of them. What are they? What's number one? All right, when you sit at home. When you sit at home. We'll stop at that one. I remember many times having conversations with Dean Jones back when he was our office manager here at Christ Church about how the Jones family would sit around the dining room table each night talking about scripture, talking about sermons, talking about worship songs or Christian music, talking about lessons, and the list goes on and on. But what a good example for all of us to follow. Just talking about God's commands around the dining table at home. You could do it at a restaurant, too, but most of us, a lot of us eat at home. What's number two in verse seven? What does it say? When you walk along the road. But we all know that biblical times, they were a long time ago, right? But many of us, we don't walk along, we don't walk along the road alone or with our families that much anymore. I don't know. I mean, maybe your family does go on walks around your neighborhood. I'm not too sure about that. But, but maybe if we were to replace any of these four things found in verse 7, uh, maybe we can replace walking along the side of the road with when you're riding in your car or your family vehicle. 
Okay, does that make sense? All right, so here in the year 2022, that's probably a more go-to than walking along the road, okay? Maybe do that today, even. You know, when you're in your family's vehicle, as you're going home, as you're going to go get something to eat, as you're going to Savannah, Georgia, oh, wait, just me? Uh, so I, I will tell you that the pastoral staff and my wife, Erin, uh, will be going to the Next Level Conference down in Savannah today. So you guys just pray for our, our safety as we're, we're traveling. Um, but, uh, but anyway, talk about God's commands. Impress them in your children, parents, as you walk along the road or if you're in your family's vehicle. What's the third thing in, in verse 7? When you lie down. A.K.A. when you go to bed each night, okay? Uh, does your family talk about God's commands or pray together before bed each night? Husbands and wives, do you do this? Do you talk about God's commands or do you pray together before you go to sleep each night? Parents, do you pray with your kids? Do you talk to them about God's commands before bedtime? I'm telling y'all, most nights, Aaron and I, we pray before we go to sleep. We pray out loud. And even we ask each other if there's anything that we can pray for, anything new, any new prayer requests. But we need to pray. We need to talk about God's commands before we go to bed each night. And lastly, friends, the writer there in verse 7 tells us to do one more thing. Uh, when, when we talk about God's commands, when should we do it? When we wake up. So don't leave the conversation just at night, but keep talking the next morning. I don't know about y'all, but that's a pretty awesome way to start the morning. Amen? Amen. Talking about God's commands, praying, praying as a family. So looking at these four times to impress or talk about God's commands, this is basically everyday life. These are basic everyday times where you are around your kids. You are around your families. These are times that you are at home or walking or driving down the road. But every time you get a chance, parents impress God's commands on your kids. Everyone here in this room and that's watching on Facebook this morning, uh, let me ask you one other question. Are you, are you in love with God? Think about it. Are you in love with God? And since this sermon is about, you know, family and raising kids that love God, parents, are you in love with God? Do you love God? This is another way that you can instill faith into your kids. Parents, this is what it starts with. Does it show that you yourself love God? Does it show that you yourself have a relationship with Jesus? Your kids will be in love with who you are in love with. I'll read that again. Your kids will be in love with who you are in love with. But those who know you the best as people, talking about friends, talking about coworkers and parents, your kids, I think they would know you pretty good. 
But uh, I would hope that your kids, as parents, I hope your kids know you pretty well, okay? But would they, any of these people, but especially your kids, would they say that you are in love with Jesus? Would they say that you are in love with God? Let that sink in. Think about that for a moment. As youth minister here at Christ Church, if I were to ask your 6th through 12th grade child who you were in love with, you know, maybe their, res- their response would be, maybe they would say your spouse if you're married, okay? Maybe they would say them as your kids. But would they say Jesus? Would they say God? You know, it's crazy that uh, Aaron and I have been serving and ministering here at Christ Church for going on eight years now. And, and if you were to ask any of our current students in the youth ministry or any of the students who have graduated besides Aaron, this is the question, besides Aaron, what is Lance, what am I in love with? They would probably tell you two different things, okay? Maybe you, maybe you know what these two different things are that I'm in love with besides my wife, and if you do, shout them out this morning. Duke and what else? Ghostbusters. Yeah. So uh, whether or not you're a fan of either, because I know we got some haters, especially when it comes to the dark blue team. Um, anyway, uh, you, you guys know that I'm passionate about these two different things. How do the youth group kids know? How do you know? Uh, here's why. Because I talk about them a lot. Okay. Um, no judgment, but I went and saw the new Ghostbusters movie five times in the theater. So, uh, because I post on my social media platforms about both of these things, because I wear Duke and Ghostbusters apparel, heck, I even have a room at my house, I think it's going to be up here, this is uh, two different views of it, okay, I have a room at my house that split right down the middle about my two loves. One half is committed to uh to Duke, the other side is uh, for Ghostbusters. So uh, first of all, don't judge me, and, uh, and, and no hatred out there, please, okay? All right? So, uh, but what if everyone here was as passionate about loving and serving God and or Jesus? I even have to call myself out about this sometimes, and I'm one of the pastoral staff here at Christ Church. Think about it. We should always strive to show the world that we love God and that we love Jesus. And parents, going back to you this morning, one way to instill faith in your kids is that. Your kids are going to bring in the faith, bring in God, because they are seeing you serving and loving the Lord. You know what's going to impress or motivate kids to know, love, and follow God? It's not just Denise. You know, it's not just Denise as she's serving right now in kids' church with her, you know, elementary and younger kids. It's not just me as youth minister, but it's you. The way you know, the way you love, and the way you follow God. Because guess what, parents? Who do, you, who do your kids see 
the most stuff is you. It's you. When it comes to focusing on the family or making sure that your kids love God, think about this. This is my second point today. It's demonstrating a relationship with God instills faith in your kids. Demonstrating a relationship with God instills faith in your kids. My friends, every single one of us here today and watching on Facebook, we were never, we were never called to be a one hour at church only Christian. We were never called to be that person. What am I talking about here? A one hour a week Christian? There's a lot of high percentages that many folks, whether they're truly Christians or not, that they spend at least one hour at church or in a worship service every week. And that's it, just one hour. Guess what? You guys here this morning already got that beat. Now, don't worry, I'm not going to be preaching for two hours this morning. But, uh, you know, most of the time here at Christ Church, our, our worship services last an hour and 15 minutes. So you beat that by 15 minutes. <laughs> uh, but still, you know, it's close to an hour. And we weren't ever called to be that one hour a week at church Christian. You know, that might come across to you adults and parents and to your kids too. This might come across as showing that Christianity, that our faith is hypocritical. Because it's something that you just do at the church or in the church building and not at home or anywhere else that you find yourselves, like work, like school, like on the ball field, etc. As you saw in our main text this morning in Deuteronomy chapter 6, the home, the home is the primary place where faith is to be lived, expressed, and also nurtured. Talking about God and being with God was never meant to be something that we reserve for Sunday mornings at a church building. If you call yourself a Christian today, the New Testament reveals that our bodies, our bodies through the gift of the Holy Spirit, we are a temple of God. You can read about that in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 16. So with that being said, you should worship God everywhere you go. Here at the church, here at the church, at home, in the car, at school, at work, wherever. Worship God wherever you are. 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 31 says, Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do in life, what does it say? Do what? Do all to the glory of God. Amen. Colossians 3 and verse 17 says, And whatever you do in the word or in deed, do what? All. Do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. True worship, true instillment of faith is not limited to any particular location. And it encompasses all of a believer's life. Parents that are here today, I hope this isn't you. But for some parents today, faith talk has become something that they, these kind of parents, do either here 
at the church building or it's something that is outsourced to the experts at the church, also known as the pastoral staff, to do on their parents' behalf. If you're a parent this morning and you have kids that are still living at home, I hope this message has helped you today. Maybe you're sitting out there today and you, as a parent, your kids have grown up. They've moved out of your house. They're not living under the same roof as you anymore. Are they still in the faith? Do they still have love or have a good relationship with God the Father? If so, that's great. That's wonderful. That's awesome, man. We need to praise the Lord for that. But what if the answer is no? What if the answer is no? I'm sure that this message must have been or might have been a little hard for you. You might want to tell me, Lance, I've done or we've done most, if not all, that you have advised or suggested, but our kids just don't have the strongest faith. They don't have a great relationship with God or they have just wandered away totally from the faith. I personally don't know what that's like, but I can imagine how much it must hurt, how much it must sting, how much it just may just pull on your heartstrings that this is happening or has happened if you have a child that's grown up and they're in this situation. Like I said to start off my message today, you as parents want what's best for your kids. And besides them having happy and healthy lives, you want, and you may even desperately want them to have a solid relationship and love for the Father. Right now, you know, it, it may not be like that with your kids. But let me just remind y'all, we looked at this passage earlier, Proverbs 22, 6, First part of it says, start children off on the way that they should go. You know, if you're a parent here this morning and you got this, current, you know, you got this situation going on, I want you to think, and I personally hope, that you have done a good job of doing this part of verse 6 in Proverbs 22 while your kids were growing up. In other words, I believe that you have planted a seed you, put, you planted a God seed, a seed of Christian faith inside your sons and daughters. Yeah, your grown children, as all of us do, have free will. Free will to choose to do this or to do that. But I think you have planted a seed because you did the first part of verse 6 in Proverbs 22. You started your kids off right on the way that he or she should go. The latter part, the second part of verse 6. It says, and even when they are old, they, talking about your kids, will not turn from it. What's it? It's that faith. It's that knowledge. That seed that you have helped plant when your kids were growing up in your house. Parents, if you got kids in that situation this morning, 
where they have moved out of the house, maybe they don't have a strong relationship with Jesus. Maybe they're not attending church anywhere. Let me just encourage you, don't give up on your kids. Don't give up on your children. Continue to love them, to cherish them, and always look for the opportunities to show them the love and the grace of our Lord Jesus without trying too hard or simply trying to shove it down his or her throat. I think many of us remember the parable or the story that Jesus told about the prodigal son. And remember that the prodigal son did come to his senses and he finally came home. But before, you know, he told his, he, he told his dad, he's like, I want my inheritance now. And I want to go out and live life on my own and party and, and gamble and all that kind of stuff. He blew it all. And it just got to the point where the prodigal son, he was happy to eat, eat pig slop. But he finally went home. And his father had compassion on him. The Bible even tells us that he ran and hugged him when he saw his son coming home. There's always hope. I, along with many others in this room and those that are watching on Facebook this morning, we will pray that there will come a day where your child, if you have a child that's going away from home, living not under your roof, and has kind of slipped away from the faith, we are praying that there will come a day that your child will come home in a way and they'll hug, they'll latch on to their maker, their father, their savior, and they'll resume, they'll pick back up a relationship with Jesus. And shoot, maybe it'll be bigger and better than it was before. As we close this morning, I think everyone in here needs to know that faith is something that simply cannot be outsourced. Is a relationship that must be lived. We are called to have that kind of relationship with God 24 hours a day and seven days a week. But parents here this morning, focus on your families. Focus on raising kids who know and love God. We're all called to be faith at home or wherever it is we are focused Christians. At home, here at church, at the grocery store, in a restaurant, in the car, wherever we are, we are called to be faith-focused Christians. Let's pray. God, we love you. And we thank you so much for this time to be together this morning. God, I pray for everyone that's here, that's watching on Facebook. God, I pray for every single family that's represented. God, I pray for parents. I pray for kids. We're living in some hard times right now here in our country and throughout the world. 
But God, you are still God. Right now, God, I, I just pray for parents, especially if they have kids still living at home, that they themselves can be the example that their kids need to see when it comes to following you and living for you. God, I pray for kids who have grown up and don't live at home anymore. God, maybe they are the kids that we talked about earlier who, while their parents did a great job of raising them up in the faith, you know, they have the free will to make their own decisions. And, you know, right now they have just walked away from the faith. But God, we pray for a prodigal son situation to happen in their lives where they'll come back to you and maybe even have a faith that's stronger and better than it was before. God, I pray for those parents with those situations going on. Let us all focus on you, God, that we can live our lives for you. Not just here at a church building, not just one hour a week, but always and wherever it is we are. Just be with us now when we pray all this in your name. Amen.